Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview with Brian Norris, CNIO at Indiana University Health. In part one, Norris talks about the tremendous opportunity that CNIOs have to become thought leaders and help drive change. What healthcare leaders can learn from manufacturing in terms of using predictive analytics and what he predicts the CNIO role will look like in 20 years. You could start by just giving a, a very high-level overview of Indiana University Health, just some basic information about the organization. Yeah, so IU Health is Indiana's largest health system. We serve about 17 hospitals that serve tens of thousands of patients across Indiana, northern, southern, and central Indiana vertically integrated organization. So we have a health plan, um, acute care facilities, home health, hospital at home programs, et cetera, within Indiana. And then we're also home to Riley Children's Hospital, as well as the IU School of Medicine in partnership with them. So the largest academic health system here in Indiana. Yeah, you weren't kidding. You said it was a big organization. Yeah, and ever growing too, for sure. Um, yeah. Lots of specialties, lots of growth across the state. Okay. One of the uh, the things I'm learning just from doing some research into, you know, the CNIO role is that it seems that it can really differ a lot by organization. And I would think that for an organization of your scope, it is going to be different than organization of a different size or you know, so many other factors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I've been in informatics a long time, and um, this is my second CNIO role, third CNIO-like role, and then did a, you know an entrepreneurial stint in the middle. Each one's a little bit different, and the role has evolved over time. So in many ways, informatics, nursing informatics in general, if you go back sort of 20 years or so, is synonymous with electronic medical records. And then Mm -hmm. you kind of go through the high-tech act period of time and the infuse of capital to beef up EMRs across the country. And you start to see the informatics profession evolve and emerge. Now we're in this pivotal moment in my mind of we've done a good job at, now we have lots of data. The big question is, what do we do with it? And, and, you know, and so we're starting to see the CNIO role and even CMIO roles or any really informatics leadership role evolve past just electronic medical records and workflow and really becoming a thought partner to operations and clinical operations in both transformation activities, the digital um, sort of front and back door activities patient experience activities, and and more importantly now kind of post-COVID and in the era of there's really no more troops coming for a while on the healthcare side, really thinking about, well, what can we digitize? What can we start to move in different ways in kind of care model redesign? And so the CNIO role is really evolving. And depending on where the system's at, it kind of depends on that role. For me here at IU Health, it's pretty exciting. I'm the first one in the seat. So they've never had a CNIO before, first CNIO here at the system. And my role sits between IIS and nursing leadership. And then I have Diad partnership and, and two CMIOs that also have the same reporting structures, but with a CME. And, okay. um, you know, kind of all of us together cover the gamut. 
of clinical operations, operations, informatics. And, and a lot of our role here is, um, you know, we're embarking on some pretty robust plans um, to build healthcare of the future, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so we split the roles between what I'll call keeping the lights on and kind of keeping the EMRs running, the data coming in. And then the other half is really focused on, well, what do we do with it? And how do we begin to really move the needle forward? I would say the the CNIO roles are evolving and I was involved with uh, ANEA, the American Nursing Informatics Association, on their board when they merged with Caring, kind of forming a big, the biggest nursing informatics professional group. And back then it was, you know, a lot of discussion at those conferences were, how did you drive the best workflow? And what was CPOE like? And how did you do embedded barcode scanning? I think if we look to today and tomorrow, it should be around well, how did you use predictive analytics to drive mm-hmm. down like to stay? What did you do to keep patients out of acute care arenas and keep them at home? How does your role and team play in value-based care? And how are you helping move that needle forward? What does it look like in terms of care model and care model redesign? And how, how is your informatics team playing in that? And so I, I think we're starting to see the early indications of those shifts yeah. um, in the profession. Now, for a little bit of background, What's the, the situation of the environment as far as the EHR at Indiana University, Indiana University Health? Sure. Yep. So we're, we are a, we are EMRS in our, both our ambulatory and acute care environments, and then IEX for revenue cycle. We, we, like many other systems, have a whole host of other third-party apps that kind of function either in the secure messaging space or the patient messaging space embedded with, a, we have Salesforce and our CRM. And so a lot of the discussion here is how do you begin to tie all that together in sort of this, this next generation patient experience? You know, I think one of the things that, you know, the pandemic taught us a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think was always there, but the pandemic highlighted is the need for ease of use for mm-hmm. For patients. So, I, yeah. I mean, I started here at IU Health in the middle of a pandemic. Prior to that, I was SVP of population health at a company called Marathon Health. And they were in the primary care space and having to pivot almost overnight to virtual care. Almost every organization, whether you're IU Health or your primary care clinic or your specialty clinic, had to make a pivot to create easier access to care because of the unknowns that we had at the beginning. And if you think about that and kind of translate it to like, it also created this laser focus within the organizations of like singular mission of bringing all these camps together. That I think is kind of where we're all headed and where we, mm-hmm. where we need to go. And it's interesting because a lot of organizations talked about, how do I deliver virtual care? How do I get reimbursed for virtual care? What's that going to look like? And maybe they were delivering five, 10%, maybe 15% of their total ambulatory visits via virtual. And then almost overnight, everyone flipped that equation to where 5, 10, 15% was in person. So, you know, we're in this area of stabilization now where you're seeing those percentages renormalize out. Yeah. Um, there's more virtual care than there was pre-pandemic, but there's not as much virtual care as there was during that. And yeah. so now it's, I think there's a big sort of push to kind of think through what is the right balance? What is the right mix? How do I make sure the right modalities are available to the right care sets? And, and, and making sure that we're not taking our eye off outcomes as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a big piece. And so really, there's a lot going on. And um, you're talking about 
moving the needle forward and where, where to go from here. So can you talk about what, what are some of the really core priorities or objectives that you have right now? Yeah, I think there's a couple. One is here at IU Health, what we call kind of our IIS long range plan, which is, this isn't just nursing informatics, but it's all together. It's a set of initiatives that will help advance IU Health over the next five to 10 years in our total digital footprint to not only be able to support what we need today, but the digital hospital of the future, the ability to care for patients in value-based care uh, better than we can today, so on and so forth. So that's kind of one. The, the second is more centric to nursing and nursing informatics is really around care model redesign. So we're thinking differently about how we deliver care, what those teams look like around care. So I'll give you an example. You know, one of the things that we're now in the process of rolling out across our entire system that we piloted over the fall was a virtual RN that's doing the admission work. So you're a patient that comes into IU Health, you have to be admitted. You know, that usually takes 20 to 30 minutes. We get to know you. But not always is that happening in a timely fashion, especially yeah. if nursing is under stress or under, under work. And so thinking differently about how the productivity and the work happens, it's easier to have a virtualized nurse sort of serving multiple hospitals to do that function. And so we launched a pilot program over the course of about nine days. We were able to get some really advantageous data and then brought that back to our nursing leadership team. And now we're rolling it out across the whole organization. So a a virtual nurse pod, if you will, that's doing our admissions across our system. Our targets, about half our admissions are done that way, which the data told us not only is that good for the nurse, but what happened during that time is that nurses his or her other patients received care, got meds. So that one interaction, just changing the modality a little bit, allowed us to have rippling effects across uh, a whole bunch of patients, um, clinicians. So that's another example. And then, you know, the third is, as we think about the use of of sort of advanced data in analytics and robotics, um, we certainly have a whole bunch of initiatives kind of going on in that space to you know, either get better data to our clinicians and or improve our processes. Yeah. The virtual RN, I, I can imagine that uh, quite a lot had to be in place to be able to roll this out. So mm-hmm. um, can you just talk a little bit about what needed to be done? Right yeah. Now? You know, it's interesting. So we already had, because of the pandemic, like many organizations probably do, they already had patients and provider technology. So we already had the ability to deliver a virtual visit between a provider and a patient. We just needed to flip who was involved. And so we didn't have to go out and buy any new technology. We just needed to change the process a little bit and then measure. And so it really made it easier for us to pilot something and and do it very rapidly and then know if it was going to work or not and then start to expand that out. So I was very fortunate that, you know, like many organizations, they already have virtual technologies in place. And so we just leveraged it for a different process and it worked. Yeah. I mean, anytime you don't have to uh, make a big purchase, that does help. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then I would say the last thing for me, and this is kind of unique as a CNIO, and I feel very fortunate to be able to do it, is we're working with Google on their health or one of a few healthcare organizations leveraging the healthcare data engine. And uh, we've had a, a couple of initiatives that we've rolled out around social determinants of health, as well as we're working on some nurse demand models to help with the burnout. And so I've been very fortunate to be able to lead that, you know, here at IU Health, along with several on our IIS team. 
And so I, I see CNIOs kind of fitting into those roles more into the future as well. Bridging the gaps, kind of making sure that if you almost think of it from a product development perspective, they understand the product requirements that are needed and then how to connect all the dots. Yeah. I know that you had mentioned before, just being able to look at things like predictive analytics. And this is what you're just talking about. That just seems like a really great opportunity because, you know, there is so much information. I really want to make sure that, you know, it's being used as effectively as possible. Yeah, and no one single like nurse administrator or nurse could churn through all the information to make the types mm-hmm. of decisions that they have to make all day. If we stepped out of healthcare, we stepped into manufacturing 20 years ago, or we stepped in, like it's the same problems. They were trying to mm-hmm. automate things that were happening on the factory lines and yeah. get data on things that were happening on the factory lines to improve process and, and move their products forward increasing the reliability and the quality of their product while getting more proficient in delivery. It's the same thing in care delivery. We want to make sure that the patient has a good outcome, that they have a phenomenal experience, but we want to do it in the most proficient way with our clinicians that are practicing at the top of their license. And so the two problems in my mind are really synonymous. Well, they're different, you know, one's a widget and the other one's health, Yeah, but they're very, very close in nature. And so what got manufacturing on that was better use of data, better predictive analytics, better ability to connect that data back to the process. So we've now just gone through a decade of collecting information in healthcare. Now it's really the time to say, well, how do we best leverage that information mm-hmm. to drive insight to then drive change? Yeah, it is really interesting. You talked about that pivotal moment. And I'm sure that five, 10 years ago, it would be strange to imagine, you know, CNIO is having these types of conversations, but are you seeing really a willingness among a lot of CNIOs and other similar, similar positions to, to have these conversations and get into these, look at these new models? You know, I would say it's probably mixed within the profession. Mm-hmm. There are, you know, the CNIO role is so broad. It's kind of like the CIO yeah. roles. They're responsible for so much that you do have specialization within it. And I would say that there's probably one camp that sort of says, hey, we should really still be very much practice and workflow and so on focused and mm-hmm. then partner. And then there's another camp that's saying, hey, you know, we have a huge opportunity here to drive and, and really become more familiar. And so I think the challenge there is, is that the skill sets are different. You know, for me, for example, my master's is in business. I have experience in machine learning and artificial intelligence and and analytics. And I think that we want more CNIOs in that camp. I don't think every one of them has to be because it is Mm -hmm. good to have a variety depending on what the system wants. But I think more and more as we, if I had a crystal ball and we were able to kind of go forward 20 years and then look back and be able to look at 20 years from now, My bet is that we see a lot of informatics and clinical professionals much more data savvy than they are today, helping move the needle along um, in those arenas and leveraging that data to kind of get the job done. And not that that hasn't happened in the past. I just don't think that's been the primary focus. Yeah. The whole idea of going electronic was just something that was so huge. So all consuming, it's a tough transition just to kind of get out of that mode. Yeah, and each one kind of walks their own path. I mean, some that kind of move into these roles have had formalized training and have kind of walked a traditional path. Some have fallen into the informatics role. Some came from different backgrounds, so more CS backgrounds, and then got nursing degrees and kind of fell, you know, got into the role that way. Um, yeah. I do think that 
the CNIO role has evolved. I do feel like the role itself is being seen more and more as a thought leader and a partner within the organizations they're in. I think we'll see more and more of them move into potentially CIO and CDO-like roles as healthcare evolves, because those two roles are more and more on the hook for the patient experience and the digital transformation, Yeah, which I do think, you know, that clinical background mixed with that technical background puts the, not only the CNIO, but the CMIO as well in prime seats for, for that evolution. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.